Hello, welcome back to Maji Dayo, the podcast where we talk about Majiska Gakuen, the show produced by AKB48. I am your host, Raiden, and this is my co-host, Elliot. Yo! And we are back for another episode. Um, again, sorry if the schedule is very inconsistent. I know this is bad podcasting. Um, <laughs> but I have a very busy schedule, and so does Elle, and we try to get together and do this podcast as you know whenever we can so uh we try our best but it is what it is and i'm sorry that i can't give a consistent schedule for this it just kind of pops up whenever (laughs) um maybe one day we'll go back to being consistent uh well i don't see it being anytime (laughs) soon but um no but i'm just saying maybe one day maybe uh maybe in the summer when things start to kind of fall back into a more stable routine maybe maybe that being said this one will come out hopefully in a couple of days um to this prior i mean during this recording i say that but i don't know however i will be going on a trip later this month which is risky given the coronavirus thing but um i've already planned it like since last year so i'm leaving uh so as long as it's not canceled so yeah, I mean it'll cancel. It'll be canceled if I die, uh, but unless L does it by themselves, in which case, go no, for it, L. I will be, uh, be so lonely. <laughs> um, you could probably try to drag one of our other friends into doing this, though. That mm, seems kind of that. futile. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so I'll be going on a trip, uh, later this month, and so it'll. The show will be kind of on hiatus unless we manage to do another podcast before that. And I, and I hope to, just to we'll tie see. it over until we'll the, see. until not the beginning of next month, but mm-hmm. probably the middle of next month in April, <laughs> because I'll be gone for like two, three weeks. Yeah. Um, we'll see about yeah. that though, because <clears throat> well, my, well, my birthday is next Thursday. My yes. midterm's also next Thursday. <laughs> so uh so go wish Elle Whoop. happy birthday and good luck on their midterms. So with with that, sorry, this is a long <laughs> long intro here. Um any forty six forty eight news that you have to bring us, L? The only ones I can think of is that like all of the groups had I don't know if they're still not doing any activities because of the coronavirus or if it was just for a short uh, amount of time. I don't remember. From the date of did. this recording they I think they open up things today again but I'm not sure oh, they might have they might have extended mm-hmm. uh, that period. I wouldn't be surprised non-work. if they extended it yeah. to be honest. I know their singles both the um, Nogi Zaka 46 and AKB48 singles came out recently. Also did Mi-chan's song for her graduation came out, right? Yeah, that's part of that single okay. album. Single album? Yeah. Yeah, it's part of that. Um, damn, she's finally graduating. That's crazy. She's the last first-gen member. 
for AKB48. It's crazy. There hasn't been that much, partly because of the coronavirus, Mm -hmm. sort of causing activities to stall for a little while. I actually haven't kept up with any Keakizaka 46 news, so I couldn't speak on that. I don't think there's anything else that comes to mind. I'm sure I'll remember, like, after we're done. As soon as we're done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, six things are going to come up. Yeah, probably. That's usually the case. But then, I guess, with nothing else, we should begin this episode. And it's, um... Episode nine, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Episode nine, what's the title of this? Uh, Torigoya, the last of the four heavenly queens, extreme foul play. Okay, ha, that's, ha, okay. The, the one thing I, it's that a I... very poor, tra- <laughs> probably a very poor translation. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, probably. Um, but that's what the very wordy. subs we were reading gave us. So yeah, okay. That's all we've got. So we start we start the episode picking up where we last left off um, with Maida trying to clean herself from all the blood. Uh, with the voice, like the principal is speaking, like a voiceover about Maida and that she's pretty much AKA sad girl. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, she's got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. But we, like, basically, like, instantly cut away to Torigoya screaming. Yeah. <laughs> and terrified, locked in this cage she's she's locked in a chicken coop yes and she's like banging against the door of it Mm -hmm. trying to like get whoever else is out there to open the door and help her and i don't know why i don't know much about chickens i'm gonna be honest um but there's the light bulb that's in the chicken coop one it's swinging Mm -hmm. Which I don't like. And two, it's red for whatever reason. I don't know if that's <laughs> normally a thing for chickens. Like I said, I don't know much about raising chickens. But no, it, I, it well, definitely I gives it like so. this really creepy vibe. I don't know. It could be something to help with egg incubation. I don't know. I don't know it's anything possible. about chickens. Um, but I actually really <laughs> like the lighting in this scene. Uh, it's pretty good if we were to compare it to like the episodes oh, yeah. with I agree. you know black where the, <laughs> the shadows oh, were yeah. made in post <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah no I think the lighting is pretty great The I really liked this kind of hectic frantic atmosphere they've kind of mm-hmm. built here because you can taste how how scared and terrified uh, Torigoy is and you know it in some ways, it's people can say it's kind of comical that she's afraid of chickens, but we don't know why that's yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, it could have been something you know traumatic for her, even as something as like funny to us as adults, where maybe yeah. as a child she was attacked by chickens. Chickens. Yeah, or or maybe she Are got relentless. stuck in a chicken coop and you know for yeah. days on end or something. We don't know, right? Cause yeah, we have no all clue. Sp- spoilers here. We don't know anything about Tori Goya. Like, nothing about who she is is ever explained no. in this episode or in the future. So, no. don't, she just exists. Don't have any hopes about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so she's she's screaming and yelling, and she's actually begging for Sato to help her. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, she's like on the verge of tears. You know, she's trying 
so desperately to get out of this cage. And we pan to Sato, who is pretty much like a couple of, you know, steps away uh, yeah, behind a wall. Mm-hmm. And just, just listening to her Just far enough to be screaming. out of sight for Toribaya. Yeah. So she feels like she's alone, which sucks. Yeah. It hurts me. And it obviously actually kind of hurts Sato a little bit. Because when we first see it, she doesn't have that kind of look. But it starts flashing back and forth between Torigoya in the chicken coop and Sato. Mm -hmm. And then during the times when it's going back and between the two, she does kind of look upset. Because Torigoya is, you know, screaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, she's definitely... I think the reason that she isn't, like, right in front of that coop is because she doesn't want to see... Mm-hmm. You know, Torigoya, like, begging her for help. Um, and it's partly kind of a way to protect herself, I think. Yeah. But anyway, as we're flashing back and forth, like, a chicken lunges at Torigoya and, like, she screams. And all we see is, like, feathers all over. Mm-hmm. You know, Sato goes running back to the coop and is looking for her. And we actually don't, like, she seems like she can't even find Torigoya's body yeah. somehow. I'd also <laughs> like to mention... All of the chickens are gone. Yeah. I wanted to talk about this. Oh my god, um, please do. Because, like, I feel like the chickens are just a figment of Torigoya's imagination. Or not imagination, but oh. like she's hallucinating them. Mm-hmm. Like, that there there wasn't any chickens to begin with. That just, like, she was just kind of triggered, you know? Mm-hmm. She's going through PTSD. Like, being caught in, yeah, being caught in the chicken coop is making her relive like you know whatever happened to her yeah Mm -hmm. i i think that's really the case i don't i don't think there was any chicken that's a much more serious answer than what i wrote (laughs) oh what what were you thinking i didn't Um, mean to go all super dark but this episode's um, kind of dark in general so i didn't really think of it until when we look at her design a little bit later because she has a Mm -hmm. bunch of slight spoiler she has a bunch of feathers my joke was like oh my god is she chicken powered like (laughs) (laughs) the amount of chickens she absorbs the more stronger she gets i'm dead that's so funny (laughs) i mean you know i can't really refute it because i don't know maybe maybe she did absorb the chickens (laughs) we don't know uh but so sato is like searching in this tiny cage well it's not tiny but it's you know it's not big uh, and we get this, I actually really like the shot of, like, Sato mm-hmm. is, like, looking in the, the lamp or the light bulb is swinging right behind her. And we just see this figure, like, rise up from behind. Uh, and Sato just slowly turns around. Yeah, it's very, we, it's very it's, horror of them. Like, yeah. it reminds me of Silent Hill and I really enjoy it. I think it's No, really it's good. really good, Yeah. I I think that, like, after episode 8, like, I feel like Maji just turns it up to 11. Oh, and yeah. just kind of gives us a lot of these horror elements into it. And I really enjoy it. I'm here for uh, it. It's so Yeah, good. I really like this aspect of Maji. And I wish that we got more of that in, mm-hmm. in later seasons. Um, because we really don't, to be honest. No, I think... Is this the only one that kind of does that? Um, I think three might do a little bit of it. Barely? Um, 
barely though it's not very that would have been such a good season to have it too. yeah i think so too but i don't i think this is the one that sort of does it the most Mm-hmm. It goes back to that theory of ours of like, there's definitely like something about this world, this earth, right, that they live in mm-hmm. that's completely different from our own. But regardless, like, you know, we get this, like, we see Sato's face and she actually looks very scared. Yeah, she looks terrified. Yeah, she looks very terrified about, you know, the person that's standing right in front of her. And it is. Tori Goya, but not the Tori Goya that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. She's a very, like, she has her hairs, like, kind of combed over the side of her face. Um, and she's like, all she says is, I'm back. You know, like, this very, like, kind of yeah. creepy, <laughs> horror-esque response. And the light is just, like, the light dangling back and forth, like, doing the shadows over herself and her face. Oh, it's just it's very, so like, effective. Mm-hmm. And now that's why I was afraid of this episode. Uh, like, I was really scared of this episode when I watched yeah. it. In my defense, I also watched it uh, alone in my room in the dark at 1 a.m. That's my fault. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to talk about Sato's reaction to this, though. Okay. Just a little bit, because... She seems like she's never seen Tori Goya like this. Like, I feel like this yeah. is actually her first time seeing yeah, Tori Goya in this way. I had that same kind of idea. And I forgot where I mentioned it in my notes, because I think I talked about it a little bit later. That she doesn't really... She's never really experienced this Tori Goya. Um, I do... I know we want to talk about it now, but I think... Mm-hmm. I want to talk about it more a little bit later. No, I, I do too, but I'm just saying that, you know, in this moment, as we're watching mm-hmm. Sada's reaction, that she's it is... She's surprised. Yeah, she's very and surprised. Terrified. Like, Like, what she did wasn't kind of the outcome that she was expecting. Mm-hmm. We actually see, like, even, like, Torigoya's, like, fingers are, like... Uh, like, her fingernails oh are, like, shaped like talons, I guess, in a way. Yeah, they are. It's, yeah, it's, they are. It's, it's kind of weird. It's weird. It's, just like, it's fitting, but it's, it's very fitting, yeah. strange. Yeah, and there was one it... part, we'll see a little bit, like in a little bit, that made me really laugh, even though the first time I did it, I just thought it was so funny. Uh, when we yeah, get there, I mean, I'll like, again, it's like, did she actually absorb the chickens or, or I'm like, telling what's you. going on? I'm telling you, it was a joke, but I'm like, hmm. hmm. Yeah, I don't it's know. All I still think there wasn't any chickens to begin with, but I, I really don't know. <laughs> Tori Goya is a we'll mystery more so than, than Geki Car is, to be honest, oh, or Black. Yeah, yeah so we, we cut away now to the theme song, um, the usual stuff. Nothing else changes other than we have a Tori Goya uh, mm-hmm. title in there. Okay, so we cut back to Maida um, sitting at her desk, just leafing through the nurse book, not even really reading it. She just seems to be like kind of combing through it and not even mm-hmm. paying attention um and dharma is, is has come in and is staring at standing at the doorway of the classroom and thinking about what happened in the previous episode about Mida saying that you know she doesn't have an, or she doesn't want any friends and that they're not friends and dharma does her usual like atsune and tries to approach Mida's desk and Mida just instantly just walks away like doesn't say anything um it's really it's really sad it's really sad because dharma looks 
very hurt <laughs> by yeah, it. Yeah, and then it's like, after all the progress they went through to actually be like, you know what, for Maida to be like, you know what, maybe I do consider you a friend, mm-hmm. you know, um, it kind of, like, her own mental health kind of regresses a little bit where she just doesn't want to be involved with anybody anymore. Yeah. And it hurts Dharma, and it hurts me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's it's pretty evident how much all that, yeah, like you were saying, all that progress, basically, mm-hmm. you're back to square one. Um, but we we flash back to Dharma uh, listening into the conversation with the principal about, you know, Maida's past and her talking about the Yagi girl's uh, incident and that she and my that Maida was involved in that somehow but anyway we we cut to the grill now which you know we didn't actually cut to the grill this time in the beginning so that's improvement for them look at them yeah. moving from their tr- favorite transition <laughs> and it, it's Dharma who's joined uh, team hormone around the grill and she pi- and there's very few pieces of hormone left on the grill and Dharma is just like okay I'll take one <laughs> and Wota, who's sitting like right next to her, is like, "What are you doing? We don't have that many." And then <laughs> Dharma threatens her, and she's like, "What's wrong with taking it? Do you want to get your nose jabbed again?" And I'm like, "Please stop." That's one thing I do actually appreciate is that Wota actually has a huge bandage over her nose. Yeah, from where she got stabbed last episode, and I appreciate that. But mm-hmm. a part of me is like, I wish everyone else still kind of looked beat up because I I get the impression that this episode happened literally right after the last one. I, I would think that it was only like a couple of days, to be honest, um, okay. since then. I'd give it mm-hmm. like maybe a week or like about a week um, since it happened. Because, I mean, I feel like Woda got stabbed right through the nose, so her injury is definitely yeah. more that's, severe, that's more long lasting. But yeah, so Woda is back, and they're all actually, like, waiting around for more ingredients. You can hear their gr- their stomach is, like, grumbling. Mm-hmm. And it's Bungie that's, like, saying, oh, Nagi is late. Uh, and Dharma's like, oh, where, where is she? And then, then they go to this dramatic, like, <laughs> this super dramatic, like, oh, scene. Oh, of Unagi, she's running across the dirt courtyard and she has like grocery bags full of different kinds of meat and it's what Bungie calls the most important job. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um it's it's great as she's just like we see, you know, Unagi running, she's like, I'm coming guys, hold on. <laughs> like they're going to die without her. Yeah. Um, it's I, and I'm wondering about this, if, like, that's Unagi's job, or if it's, like, something that they kind of rotate between all of them. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Because we only really see it this one time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, regardless, though, like, Unagi's, you know, rounding the corner of, of the hallway, and she mm-hmm. accidentally drops a packaging uh, onto the ground, and she turns around mm-hmm. to go get it, and then a hand shoots out God. to grab it. This is... This is the part I was talking about. Because <laughs> the hand that shoots out is obviously Torigoyos. We've seen her. We know it's her. Um, mm-hmm. But the way they had her position her hand is to make it look like a chicken foot. And I can't <laughs> handle it. It's so bad. 
Yeah, I really like that oh. small detail because they don't tend to think about those too much usually. But no, this was very appreciated. It, it is. I just think it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm thinking like, Unagi, like, why would you, if you saw that, don't be stupid. Just walk away. <laughs> I know. I mean, curiosity kills the cat. But also, I wonder if she was the one that paid for all of the food. And so, oh, it's possible. Like, Wait. No, I paid for that. Give that back. And you know, it's a Yankee well, school. If you see something I feel like and someone paid... takes something from you, you're going to beat the shit out of them. You know? Yeah, that's true, but I feel like they just stole money from other people and just Yeah, but you know, she used that. she's the one that bought them, so Yeah, that's true. That's her hard work. Hard that's work. <laughs> In quotations. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the as she's rounding the corner to see what the fuck happened, um we instantly like the screen goes red and we're just like zooming through the hallway with this point of view. It it's funny, right? Like the mm-hmm. the cinematography of this is really interesting because it's with the assumption that chicken Torigoya, like well, you know, Torigoya is kind of like a chicken, and she's just zooming through. <laughs> she's a Newman. Newman. Yeah, <laughs> Newman. Um, and she comes, and Unai comes face to face with her, and she's just like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Where did you come from?" Yeah. Hmm. Torigoya doesn't say anything. She just grabs Unagi's head mm-hmm. and does this weird thing um, where she just, like tilts her head back and then she's like, oh, I see. you know. And, and Mieta, which is I see, is kind of like her catchphrase. Yeah. And she and Unagi struggles. She, she's trying to get out of her grasp, mm-hmm. um, but Torigoya pulls her clothes and whispers something to her ear. And Unagi drops the bags and it's just, like, frozen for a second there. Like, all wide-eyed. Yeah, it puts her into this kind of, like, trance a little bit. Yeah. Because when uh, we cut back to the classroom and we actually see Unagi walking in without the meat. Mm-hmm. She's just yeah. kind of almost zombie walking in. Like, she's mm-hmm. not there mentally. Physically, yeah, but not mentally. And she's just kind of very slowly walking in. And everyone's, like... I think it's Budgie who's like, you're late, idiot. And she just doesn't yeah. react. And so, like, Wode actually, you know, holds up a piece of hormone. And she's like, hey, we saved you, you know, a piece. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, which I want to say, that seems really sweet of them to do. Like, Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of like that, you know, they actually took in consideration, oh, like, she went to go get us the stuff, so we should at least... Mm-hmm. save or something but unagi doesn't react positively to that she starts like freaking the fuck out and yeah screaming. she literally starts screaming and backs yeah. up into like a couple of desks mm-hmm. and she starts saying um it's in the translation bug and she's staring at the piece of hormone and she just keeps sa- repeating bug 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 and what is like what are you talking about? And she looks at the the hormone, uh, the piece of meat, and she's like, "This." Tharma walks up and notices there's actually a feather on Unagi's shoulder, and she pulls pulls it off and is like, "Oh, what is this?" And, you know, Tharma mm-hmm. doesn't know anything. Yeah, and- no, I mean, like Bunch is like, isn't like, or no, Woda is like, mm-hmm. isn't this Torigoya? And Bunch is like, Torigoya, like. From the four me? heavenly queens. Yeah, yeah, like, 
there seems to be this thing, I guess. Well, I guess that they know, and maybe people in the school know that Torigoy is considered the weakest member. Um, but I'm curious if, like, anybody knows, like, why she's a part of that group. Yeah, or if they know I, about her alter was, ego. Yeah, I was thinking about that, and I don't think that they know. Like, the way they react when they're like, what do you mean this was Torigoya doing this? Mm-hmm. And even after Unagi, like, explains, oh, Torigoya whispered into my ear, and then she starts screaming again. And they ask her, no, what really happened? Like, none of them believe mm-hmm. her. So I yeah. do think that no one really knows about it, or at least people of um, the sophomore generation and below. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine maybe some third years know. Uh, Sato obviously doesn't, but yeah, I I think it was a secret, very well kept. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to comment though that like as mm-hmm. you know, Unagi was telling them this mukuchi comes back with the piece of oh my meat god and yes tries to like shove it into nagi's face like a little shit that she is <laughs> and they're all she like does. trying to hold her back it's oh so my funny. god it's god it's hilarious and i'm just like what a little shit <laughs> and she's just like smiling the whole time like about it <laughs> it's great but i just feel like that just also shows how like as a group, they're, like, just friends, you know? Like, they're very mm-hmm. tight-knit friends. Obviously, they're worried about Unagi. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, God. like, oh, well, my friend's freaking out, but I also kind of want to mess with her. So yeah. <laughs> Let's fuck with it's her great. a little bit. But now we and cut then, away. Yeah. Uh, no, go, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we cut away to Maida on the roof, back just sitting on her spot, which she actually really wasn't doing a lot, except one time last episode. Um after she really kind of realized, okay, maybe I am friends with Odama, but now she's kind of, like, isolating herself again. <laughs> she's back to the roof! Um, and she's reading her little nursing book, and then she gets to a certain page, and murderer is written on the page. And then she starts going through more pages, and more and more and more of those pages have you murderer written on it and she looks up actually Maida turns towards the stairs and sees Irena standing there just standing there staring at her what a creepo <laughs> I think I called her is this where I called her slen- slender Irena I don't know <laughs> I think I did I think this is when I called her that but she turns around and starts going down the stairs and Maida actually gets up and follows her Mm-hmm. But when Maida gets down the stairs, she's gone. Yeah. Poof. She's disappeared. And Maida's looking around like, wait, where did where did she go? We so see the super a fast feather. freshman there. <laughs> oh, I know. Sonic the Hedgehog here. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> but we see a feather actually fall from the ceiling. And Maida's like, what, what the fuck? And she goes over and yeah. picks it up. And then we go back to that really shaky red camera. Um, scene and it's Torigoya running right up to Maida and Maida's like wait just the look on her face is like what yeah. the fuck <laughs> what the like, fuck uh, <laughs> like another weirdo <laughs> god <laughs> how many weirdos do I have to deal with at the school um, all of them they're all weird all of them <laughs> uh, but 
basically Torigoya does the same thing she did to Nagi. She grafts onto Maida's head, and we start seeing flashbacks of Maida running down the hallway again. And she's running to this like door that has like a window to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's watching as these doctors are trying to kind of resuscitate somebody. Maida tries to like wiggle out of Torigoya's grasp, but Torigoya grabs onto her and whispers a word. Uh, she whispers sacrifice and then lets her go. Torigoya's like, welcome back, and then just walks away and just leaves Maida there. And Maida just like literally collapses onto her knees mm-hmm. and just she- drops. Yeah, she completely passes out. Yeah. And then, and then, oh, um, and then we come back from commercial to see the nurse. It's been a while for him. Uh, he was and in he's last filming. Episode, I thought. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah, yeah. he was. You're right. He ruined. I always two just of the think we episodes. never. We just. I feel like we never see him, and I always forget about him. So I was that's like, because oh, we don't want to think about him. <laughs> um. So he's filming himself. Uh, and filming Maida because he loves to do this. Uh, he's a weirdo. Yeah, but the way he's like talking to the camera, it makes it seem like it's like a show to him. I mean, that he could post this online me, or something. Which makes, it makes know. me really uncomfortable because it's like, dude, yeah. are there other weirdos like you that are into this? Because I hate it. Of course, <laughs> I hate it. Um, but basically he's zeroing in on, like, Maida's knee injuries, because apparently she fell so hard she, like, caused her knees to, like, I don't know, Like, she scratch, scraped them on the way Yeah, down. she scraped them. Which I wouldn't be surprised. I, I mean, sometimes I, people yeah, fall I guess. so hard when they pass out that they break their nose, so. That's true. Um, but yeah, so he's, like, filming it, and he's, like, trying to clean the wound, and, and Maida wakes up from the pain I guess because he's like using a cotton swab to disinfect it mm-hmm. and he's like oh it's not what it looks like uh, I'm like it, it definitely is and then Dharma literally comes in and crashes into him yeah <laughs> god and she's just like are you okay and Vida's looking around mm-hmm. like where the fuck am I and well I mean she's never doctor- been to the nurse's office this is true so. <laughs> this is true um the the nurse actually pushes Dharma away and like tries to introduce himself like in a suave way and I'm like I want you to die please stop yeah she well the, it's funny his 16. name is is Kiken mm-hmm. which I think there was a note about it yeah uh, meaning in, dangerous or something like yes. that and I'm like well that's accurate at least <laughs> <laughs> uh, yikes yeah and like Dharma's just like. Can you, like, buzz off, please? Oh, she's glaring at him the entire time he's talking. Yeah. And shoves him out of the way. And so then she tries to, like, explain to Maida what happened. She's like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you collapsed. And Maida's just like, oh. And the doctor's trying to reassure her. He's like, it's mm-hmm. fine. Just take it easy and rest. And Dalton was like, what's up with you? And he's like, what about you? This is my first emotional encounter here. And I'm like, I hate you so I'm much. dead. <laughs> As they're arguing, Maida, like, is having, like, this massive headache and is, like, kind of hearing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just looking around, very lost. And she gets up. And they both just kind of watch her get up without saying anything. But she gets up and she wanders past uh, this mirror, which I assume is, like, near a sink. 
mm-hmm. and she sees herself, but it's not really her, right? It's mm-hmm. it's like shadow self, you know, that like you see in anime sometimes, and they look oh into mirrors it's, and like yeah. <laughs> it's the shadow self that she finds right before she's getting her persona. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> And the, the like, her mirror image is telling her, "Oh, you you killed, you murdered," mm-hmm. um, and she's getting flashbacks about Arena, like telling her, "Like, oh, you murdered Minami," mm-hmm. and you know, Maida starts yelling and is like, "Stop, stop it!" You know, and she actually takes a stool and is about to go like smash the mirror and is stopped by the doctor and he's like, "Yo, whoa, what the fuck?" <laughs> Mm-hmm. She slams she actually... the stool against yeah, she... his foot. <laughs> but then she, uh, afterwards, she actually tries to just, like, punch the mirror just to get it to stop. Mm-hmm. But Daruma, yeah. like, grabs onto her and is like, hey, what's going on? And Maida just pushes Daruma off and walks away. Mm-hmm. Storms out of the gross. nurse's office. Yeah, and the yeah. doctor's just like, oh, I love this pain. I'm just like, shut like, the fuck stop, up. <laughs> stop it. Yeah, so then we, we cold cut back to um, the music room, and mm-hmm. Sato is staring out the window as a feather falls in front of her, and Torigoya appears. Obviously, they're talking about how, like, yeah, we we did it, like, this is the end of Maida. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sato's back is turned uh, to Torigoya. Torigoya actually sees uh, Sato's kendama and picks it up and does her little vision thing that she does. It's really interesting to think, because, like, the two previous times she, like, touched the person's head, mm-hmm. but this time she was actually able to see it through the kendama, and I'm like, why? How? Okay. Okay. <laughs> why can you see memories through objects? I don't appreciate it. That's yeah, weird. I think that's an interesting thing about her power, so it's... I'm wondering if the object has to have, like meaning like personal meaning to the person Probably. that she's trying to see because i don't think we would see have... later it makes a lot yeah. more sense yeah so that's what i'm thinking like maybe it, it's items that are personal to the person that's you know have like memories attached to it mm-hmm. that she can see uh and so she, you know sato gets mad and tries to knock the kendama out of her hands and torigoya pulls her close and it's like just be honest with yourself and walks away. I can't help I it. Every time I see this, my brain's like, "We just be true to yourself. Just know that you're gay. It's okay." <laughs> I uh, don't. I mean, that, I don't even think not, it's that's that. not what it. No, it's exactly that's not what it means. But that's just what my brain keeps thinking every time I see it. Yeah, so, um, Torigoya just leaves Sato kind of standing there. Nezumi actually comes back in to the room. And it's like, oh, like, why are you so jumpy? You know, like, chill out. Um, but we actually get a flashback of their conversation from the previous episode uh, that we didn't get to actually listen to, but we, mm-hmm. we saw that it happened. And basically, Nezumi is telling Sato, like, that Maida does have a weakness and there's a way to exploit it. And then Sato, Sato says, like, yeah, awakening Torigoya was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And Nezumi's just like, I see. Well, that was good. That was nice of Yuko-san to, you know, give you permission to do that. And then Sato mm-hmm. keeps really quiet. And then she's like, oh, wait. <laughs> Speaking of Yuko-san, I heard of something interesting. 
Yeah, and then clearly I instigating her. Mm-hmm. And then, it, oh god, it does cut away before Sato could say anything, or Nezumi could say anything afterwards. Mm-hmm. And poor, poor Maida is in her room, and she's hunched up on her bed in the farthest corner of her room, and, like, all of her shit's destroyed. Yeah, like, everything- it's just chaos in her bedroom. Uh, she's, like, smashed everything. I can imagine her dad, like, coming home and being like, whoa, (laughs) what the fuck happened? But we cut to her, and she's actually holding uh, the wrist that- she usually has her, like, wristbands on, and one of them is, like, covered in blood. And we get a flashback again, and we see this hand that holds that that uh, wristband is limp and we pan up to the person's face and it's implied here that they're dead and Maya just goes back to like hunching herself over and we actually see that like as she draws her hand away from the wristband again it's not it's not bloody at all it's just you know a hallucination a hallucination and she's and Maya's just thinking back to her encounter with Tori Goya and is trying to kind of block that memory out of her head, um, but doesn't seem to be having any success there in doing mm-hmm. so. And then we cut back to the classroom, mm-hmm. um, and it's right in Maida's face, and she's, you can tell she's very out of it. I mm-hmm. am honest to God surprised she even went to school. Yeah, me too. I would have figured she wouldn't have, but I think staying at home... Probably, probably wouldn't have helped help. her anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I, I want to comment, though, that in the background of this, oh my God. as Dharma's staring, yes. like, at Maida, we have Team Hormone, and they have <laughs> Unagi on one side and a piece of hormone on the other, and they have this, like, measuring, uh, yeah, it's like, like triangle a, thing. Yeah, it's a, I think technically it's called a protractor, but it, they're just using it as a ruler. yeah. And they're trying to see how close they can bring the piece of meat to Nagi's face without her, like, freaking out. Mm-hmm. And it's getting closer. They're, like, celebrating because it's getting closer. It's so cute. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I think it's really sweet of them to be like, mm-hmm. we're going to keep working on this until you can eat hormone again, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really great to see kind of some elements of their fr- friendship sort of shining through here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also part of why, I don't know, I think that's what makes Hormone so kind of lovable. Because they're mm-hmm. assholes, but, I mean, they're still friends to each other. Yeah. Um, and they have just such a comedic way of doing things. It just makes them very endearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is asking, like, what like what really happened? Like, I don't understand, what, like, why you think this is a bug. And, you know, Unagi explains, well, like, Torigoya whispered uh, the word larvae to my ear. Ugh. And Ugh. Um, and Unagi explains, like, oh, when she was younger, she ate, she ate one. And, like, seeing the piece of meat, rem- like, is giving her imageries of that. And now, like, all of Hormone yeah. are like, stop, that's gross. Like, don't do this. Yeah, I have to make a comment, though. Because mm-hmm. the the type of larvae that um, Unagi tried to eat as a child was called a caputo beetle, which I was curious and I looked up. It's the larvae of the Hercules beetle. Do you remember the ones in Animal Crossing you can find on the island? Oh, really? The giant That's one. That's so funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. So my brain's like, how did you mistake that? Those larvae are huge. 
I saw pictures of people holding them, and they have to hold them with two hands. That's how uh, big they are. Gross. I'm like, how did you mistake that for, like, a gummy worm? What's wrong with you? Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I mean, she, she could kid, have been, like, so really, I'll, really I... young, too, so... Yeah, it's it's possible. But, uh, anyway, like, you know, they're they're talking amongst themselves, and, you know, Akicha, always ready to kind of fight, you know, starts mm-hmm. blaming Maida for causing this to causing them to be involved again in this and dharma gives her a look like shut up you know <laughs> but even even Woda's like hey just lay off you know like it's okay um it's you know and akicha backs off but as like they're having this discussion like Maida's phone vibrates and she gets a message and it's just it's just a message that says welcome back like, a bunch of times. First of all, how did you get that many <laughs> characters into one message? Yeah. <laughs> Second of um, all, how did you get her phone number? <laughs> right? And it's just, like, all of this, like, okairis, uh, which means welcome back, mm-hmm. uh, scrolling through. And, and then at the end of it, it's it's this uh, message that says, welcome back to the park where you killed her. Oh. Um, and it's just, like, and she actually, like, closes her eyes for a second and, and puts the phone away, and it's just, like... Like, it's just this one moment of, like, oh, my fuck. Like, can this... Mm-hmm. Like, she's overwhelmed, definitely. And she puts the phone away and gets up and walks away. Uh, Dharma wants to follow, but um, Maida's just, like, stay away. And is angry, and she's like, why don't you get it? Like, And it's kind of implied, like, why don't you get that I don't want you near me? Mm-hmm. That I don't want friends? Like, I'm tired. Just leave me alone. And she leaves Dharma there in the classroom as we transition to the next scene. Which is Yuko laying on her hospital bed. Not like she's sick or anything. Well, sicker. Sicker, I should say. But she's just kind of laying there staring up at the ceiling. And then you hear the door to her room open. And she's Mm -hmm. like... She's actually kind of surprised, and she sits up, and it's Sato. Sato actually yeah. walks Well, in she was, like, and... brooding the whole time, like... <laughs> yeah. Clearly, I mean, like, I, depressed. I can't blame her when your mm-hmm. best friend, out of nowhere, comes up and slaps your face and then leaves. Well, I mean, there's also an implication that she knows that yeah. Sato also knows that she's dying, and that's yeah. pretty depressing. But Sato is here, and she, she apologizes, uh... For slapping Yuko. And Yuko, being Yuko, she kind of jokes about it and goes all dramatic mm-hmm. and is like, not even my own father would slap me like that. Obviously quoting some sort of drama. Uh-huh. And Sato doesn't take any of it. She apologizes no. again. And I can I comment? Sato looks tired. Like, she hasn't slept. Mm-hmm. And it's probably that she hasn't. Yeah, you know? I was thinking between, like, the guilt of, you know what happened with her and Yuko that probably mm-hmm. messed that up a little bit and now if it's been days between when Porigoya you know saw the memories with the Kandama and we saw what uh, you know doing that kind of thing did to Maida it's probably kind mm-hmm. of slowly happening to Sato as well and that's probably why she's not sleeping yeah I would say probably not to like the effect that it's had on like other people Mm-hmm. Like Unagi or Maida, but definitely an effect all the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sato tells, you know, you go, hey, like, Gekikara lost. 
Which, that's debatable, but I understand, you know, lost quotations. Lost in Gekikara's terms. <laughs> right. Lost interest, more like. And so Yuko gets up and she's like, okay, it's my time to shine, right? And mm-hmm. Sato's like, no, no, no. I awaken Torigoya, so and everything's Yuko's, okay. <laughs> Yuko gets so mad. She's yeah, so pissed immediately. Instantly, instantly Her face mad. just immediately turns into a scowl and she's like, what did you say? And then it cuts. I do want to mention before we move on to the next scene is that um, Yuko says something to Sato after Sato apologizes again and she's like, oh, <clears throat> you're supposed to say, who are you, Amuro or something like that? And I had to look it up. It's actually the main, the name of the main character from the original Gundam series. Yeah, it was a Gundam <laughs> reference or something. Yeah, it was like a Gundam that. reference. Um, I just wanted to point that out because I feel like not everyone would have known. I certainly yeah. had no fucking clue because I've never watched no. Gundam. Any of it. I think the notes said said it was a Gundam. It reference, does. Like, yeah. It does. Um, uh, that just means that Yuko watches Gundam and, and that she's a fucking that's, nerd. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, she's part of uh, they're na- like they're a brass band club. Like, yeah, but just because you're in band doesn't mean you watch anime. That's right true. Uh huh. <laughs> Says the person who wasn't banned and watched anime. I only watched like Naruto. Don't judge me. Yeah, and uh, by the that's time still I got to anime, high school, I didn't even do it. You nerd. So, um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so we cut to to Maida and she's at supposedly the. Is this supposed to be a park? It just looks like a stairwell. I think, I think it's part of a. I think it's part of the park. Like okay, um, this part just leads down, maybe down to, um. The I don't know if it's like part of the sewer or if it's just like a little creek that's down there. Cause I know mm-hmm. um. It's a completely different country. But in when I was in Korea, um, there was this one area where they called it a park, but it was literally mm-hmm. just cement sidewalks that were in the middle of the street. Um, but they were below <laughs> they were below the street, so it wasn't like cars were like right next to you. But there was mm-hmm. a little creek that was going through the middle of the road, so they made it all nice and had a bunch of like seating areas and plants. It was really cool. Mm. But I, I think it gets something kind of similar. Yeah. Where it's that, That's... but there might be an actual park attached that we just don't see. It's possible. Um, still, kind of weird. But yeah, so she's mm-hmm. so Maida's back. And in this place where, you know, the supposed murder happened. She sees all these feathers fall and she's kind of like stepping on them, you know? <laughs> and behind her is uh, Torigoya and she's like, welcome back. My, they just have, like, this intense stare-off. Torigoya, like, almost reaches to grab... Or she reaches to grab Maida, and Maida reacts quickly. Mm-hmm. And Maida om- goes to punch, but Torigoya just disappears and somehow ends up at the top of the stairs. And clearly, like, the Torigoya attempting to grab Maida was just a feint because she wanted to grab Maida's bracelet. And we see her holding it out to Maida before it cuts away to Yuko slamming... Sato gets the wall, not in a Kabedon kind of way. <laughs> uh, I, I think I made a that note. That I know Elle was... wishes. God, I totally did. Uh, I made a note where it was like, from Sato's point of view, where it was like, 
Yeah, I love it when you push me up against the wall, but this wasn't the con- con- context I was imagining it to be. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, so Yuko is angry. Like, she, you know, she's holding mm. onto Sato's jacket aggressively and she's like, why did you do that? Why did you awaken Torigoya? Mm-hmm. Sato doesn't answer. Because, and she also and then, kind of, like, describes a little bit. Like, Yuko says things like, if you awaken her, then she'll see everything in your head. And I would like, I, I do want to actually comment um, mm-hmm. that, at least when they originally watched this, this is the type of angry I never imagined Yuko to get. Because Yuko's very loud mm-hmm. and boisterous, you know? Mm-hmm. So I imagine when she gets mad, like how she would get mad with her friends her old man friends where she yells at them she doesn't she's not yelling at Sato she's very sternly talking to her Mm -hmm. and a part of it um the way she's speaking and how she's talking about Torigoya it makes me think that Yuko has experienced this personally I well I would think so because Yuko's the one that it hasn't allowed anyone to quote-unquote activate Torigoya Mm -hmm. so Yuko has to have known something about this prior mm-hmm. to all that so that tells me that no one outside of yuko exactly uh, that's knows anything yuko of is this. the only one mm-hmm. that's why sato in the beginning was like oh my god and why she didn't i had this idea that like i know nezumi was telling sato like oh she has a weakness but i also had this idea that nezumi was like hey you could do this to torigoya and that would be your trump card Mm-hmm. Because I would I wouldn't put it past Nezumi that she would have found that out somehow with her yeah, little no, mousy I, ways she would find out. Yeah, um, no, I definitely think that that's the, that's the case because like we mentioned earlier, Sato was surprised to see Torigoya turn mm-hmm. out the way that she did. So it tells me that you know Nezumi knew of it through other means because she has eyes and ears everywhere. Uh, so yeah, so again, Yuko is probably the only person in their friend group that knows about this. Um, but we we cut back to Torigoya holding onto the holding onto the bracelet, and mm-hmm. she's seeing the visions and the memories of this bracelet, and she's seeing this girl get beat up and get thrown down the stairs, and she tells Maida, "I saw Minami's end, and this mm-hmm. is the supposed Minami that Maida killed, apparently." And um, we cut away again to the confrontation between Sato and Yuko. And Sato's just kind of being very flippant about what she did. And Yuko's like, no, you don't understand how terrible she truly is. Like, you don't get it. Again, like you said, it's it's a different kind of anger than we've ever seen Yuko express. Which, you know, I wish we had known what Yuko's experience with this Torigoya was like mm-hmm. to put her God, in that kind of state. You know, like, it had to have been super serious. Mm-hmm. The Her encounter with Torigoya had to have been, you know, something so altering that she had, that she mm-hmm. act, that Yuko actively protects Torigoya from becoming that. And it just makes yeah. me curious about God, it. I wish, I wish we saw that. Like everyone else and their mother before everyone graduated was like, hey, mm-hmm. can we get a prequel to this one and see how this Rapapa formed? We never got mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, if you think about it, we don't but... ever really get, like, every Rapapa that we've had, we never really see how they've ever formed. I mean, I we kind of, 
With Moji 4, we kind of did. Not outside of it. We talked Not about it a really. little bit, though. Yeah. Barely. It doesn't... Well, kind really of. It's more of, like, that. how the top got picked. But that, but not how... Yeah, but again, that's not how everyone else met or became a part of the group. So we never actually, actually ever get... Well, I guess two kind of does it. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I mean, two also has the fact that we already know all these characters. Mm, that's true, yeah. So they ha- it has that working for them in that favor. Mm-hmm. And then the one character who's not from the first season, we we do kind of get a background. It's like a tiny sort of. background. Sort of. Very tiny. Very tiny. Very it's like minuscule. a one line. <laughs> it's one line. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Uh, Hamaji of them. So we cut back to between uh, Torigoya and Maida. And Maida's telling her to stop, mm-hmm. you know, very seriously. Like, you can tell Maida's very much emotionally in pain. And she, we see her rush Tori Goya before it cuts again to Yuko and Sato. And Yuko comments, she's like, she can see memories and stuff like that. But her, her real weapon is her words. Which is kind of funny to me because she always yeah. says like five lines. But it's the effect those words have on the people. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll talk about it at the end. Where, um, my my thoughts kind of for her powers. I'll talk about those mm-hmm. at the end. Um, that way we could keep going. But it cuts back to Maida and Torigoya back at the park mm-hmm. after Yuko says that, and Maida has gotten up to Torigoya, and she goes to hit her, but Torigoya grabs mm-hmm. her and spins her around to where, um, she's holding Maida really tightly, so Maida can't mm-hmm. run away. And we hear Yuko actually talking in the background. She's like, do you know what happens to the people whom she whispers her words to? And it, it cuts back to them while she's finishing it. And Sato just yeah. is staring at her whole, the whole time. No, can I comment before we go on mm-hmm. that the words that that Torigoya is whispering to Maida's ears are mm-hmm. what we can assume to be the thoughts of Minami as she was getting yes. beat up. Yeah. And that's really fucked up. Oh, it's super um, fucked up. This to hear, super fucked up. like, her, to, for Maida to hear Minami's mm-hmm. pleading and begging and and this hope that she would be saved and then it, you know, in the end that she isn't, it's, that's heartbreaking, man. That mm-hmm. sucks. And, tra- and that's traumatizing, I'm sure, for Maida. Like, last episode was the re-traumatization part one. This is part two. <laughs> this is part two, yeah. Part two, time to face the music. <laughs> Yeah, so so go ahead, continue with what, what you were saying. Oh well, you kind of picked it up where she she's saying things like "it hurts, help me" uh, mm-hmm. into Maida's ears as we're getting flashbacks actually of presumably Minami's last moments where she's getting mm-hmm. the shit kicked out of her by a whole group of girls, which is unfair. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, we get this shot where. Torigoya's still holding Maida, but Maida's staring down at the bottom of the stairs where mm-hmm. Minami died. And she looks... I feel so bad because she looks so upset because, you know, by Torigoya telling her, her those words, she's now, you know, seeing Minami's last moments, which is something she didn't get to see before. Yeah, she's essentially reliving her trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, or rather... Reliving Minami's last moments and 
on top of everything that's already happened from the previous episode, like this is definitely one of Maida's breaking points. We cut back to Sato and, and Yuko and and Sato is just like, oh, a nightmare? Well, this is great, you know, like if that's, you know, what happens, you know, if they if the person that that happens to suffers, oh. all the better for us, you know? Oh, you, I think you've skipped a little bit of a part. Oh, um, what? Yeah. So it does cut back to Yuko and Sato, but this is before Yuko, like, lets her go. Um, Yuko saying, it's like, she makes you th- see things and there's nothing you could do to stop it. And it cuts back to Torigoya and Maida. And Maida's actually starts struggling and she's trying to get away from Torigoya. Mm-hmm. And she's yelling at her, stop, stop it. And, mm-hmm. um... As soon as Maida actually gets out of her grasp, Torigoya grabs her again and pulls her closer and just goes, no. And then she goes to actually, like, try to chuck her down the stairs. Like, it's the motion. It's a fake motion. She doesn't go all the way through with it. Mm-hmm. But to give her that same sense of, like, no, you need to look at this. This is where mm-hmm. your friend died. And then she literally says, it's all your fault. Yeah, she says, you killed her. Yeah. Um, Ugh. And Maida's just, like, shaking her head, like, no, no, that's not true, but doesn't really believe it, right? As she kind of screams out in, in grief. She she even sees, like, Minami at the bottom of the stairs right before yeah. she collapses, calling out to Atsuko, and it's like, oh, I feel terrible. And <laughs> rewatching it, I cried. Um, I didn't cry the first time, but I, rewatching it, I definitely cried. That seems to be a recurring theme. <laughs> Is that the more I watch it, for some reason, the more it's made me cry. Uh, but now we get to the part you were talking about where Sato's like, oh, a nightmare, huh? I think I was skipping... No, I think I was confusing mm-hmm. what scene we were on because I think I'm ahead of you when I was watching this. So Oh, okay. Uh, that's okay, that's why. Because it's... Anyway, so yeah, so she tells... So Sato's like very much happy with this result. She because she doesn't really understand, right, what mm-hmm. what this entails, you know. And the other thing I think is like for Yuko, um, she's angry that Sato disregarded Torigoya's, I guess, mental safety. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, like completely yeah, didn't really... take into consideration mm-hmm. how Torigoya would feel having Mm -hmm. to revert back to that particular state. Yeah, like at the end of last episode when they talked about it, uh, Torigoya was like, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And Sato even said things like, oh, I know it hurts, but you have no choice and that kind of thing, you know? Which which she says, I know it hurts, but I don't think she really understands. Yeah, she's saying it as like a fake, like, sense of comfort, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like to try to... Like, we mentioned it was very kind of manipulative of her to do that. So she is manipulating Torigoya into agreeing to do it. Mm -hmm. So using that, she's, like, trying to comfort her, but Sato has no clue. Yeah, no, I don't think that she really does. And so we keep going back and forth. I'm trying. I'm starting to lose track of what's happening here. Uh, I don't blame you because it's it's very very similar (laughs) scenes because it's cut back between Torigoya and... Maida to Yuko and Sato and back and forth yeah. and a lot of the scenes with Torigoya and Maida and Yuko and Sato they're in the same positions yeah so it's hard to tell it's okay yeah but like after 
Torgor basically mind fucks Maida. Maida wakes up on top of the stairs and she sees Minami standing there holding her hand out um, to Maida. Maida goes down the stairs and, and grabs onto Minami's hand like really hard. We as viewers see that it's actually just Torigoya really and Maida can't tell because she's just her brain isn't like in the right state of mind. But we get this scene and I, I really want to talk about this scene. Like Maida grasps onto Torigoya's hand muttering Minami's name and holds on really tightly mm-hmm. and we get this weird scene of just Maida like in this dark space and she's screaming and <laughs> I just want to say that's like probably her constant state of mind she's just oh, in this yeah. dark space is screaming mm-hmm. and Torigoya tries to get away mm-hmm. but Maida just like clings onto her more and like presses their heads together mm-hmm. and we get these flashes of like Maida with Minami and like fighting back to back and sharing this moment of having the bracelets and then more flashbacks of Minami dying and all that stuff. And all the while, like, overloading Torigoya's brain mm-hmm. with this constant screaming. It's pretty dark, I, I will say. Like, y- Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot <laughs> to get that all back at once. It's very interesting that kind of ends up being a little bit of, like, a feedback loop because... Mm-hmm. Um, it's like very unintentionally might have ended up oh god <laughs> might have ended up using Torigoya's power against her where it's like yeah she saw Minami dying before but now Maida's like here's every sense of pain I've ever had about this top you know about what happened to me all at once yeah, have fun has- <laughs> yeah and it it says something about Maida's trauma about uh-huh. how painful it was that it literally caused Torigoya to feel everything like every mm-hmm. single thing that Maida has felt since the death of Minami like yeah it she causes... couldn't even like Torigoya couldn't even handle it like she's just yeah, like it causes her crying out yeah yeah she screams and then faints <laughs> yeah that's how that's how bad Maida's trauma is um how bad her grief is like so much so palpable and and overwhelming. It uh, literally just knocks her out. So again, we cut back to Sato and Yuko. And Yuko's like, why would you go this far? Like, why would you do Why would you do this not only to our ally, to our friend? Why would you go against, like, my word mm-hmm. to do that? And also, why would you do that to Maida, really? Because Yuko right. knows how terrible it is to go through mm-hmm. that, you know? So it's like, I'm trying to think of like a word, but there's three like big things. It's like, why did you do that to our friend, you know, Torigoya? Mm-hmm. Why did you, you know, go against me? And then, like I said, why did you do that to Maida at the same time? You know, so you goes very it, hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it also calls back to like Yankees have a certain line, like even as you know, rough mm-hmm. and tumble as they are, there's a line that just just can't really cross. And and mm-hmm. Yuko, for Yuko, it's like you cr- Sato crossed that line. Because I think for, for Yuko, it's just like, well, I wanted to meet Maida at an even playing field, at an even lo- level that doesn't have mm-hmm. anything necessarily to do with her mental state so mm-hmm. much as physically, right? And so we cut to 
the flashback conversation between uh, Nezumi and Sato about what Nezumi meant, about what she heard about Yuko, telling Sato essentially, yeah, Yuko is planning to give Maida Rapapa. And Sato reacts very negatively. She like grabs onto like Nezumi's throat and is like, you bitch. <laughs> How dare you <laughs> yeah. imply that? But Nezumi's just like, why don't you just ask Yuko herself and see what she says? And so now here we stand with both of them here in this hospital room. Sato's like, the other day when you disappeared and, and went out of the hospital without anyone knowing, you went with Maida, right? Mm-hmm. And Yuko's silence, you know, speaks volumes. Because on some level, Yuko and Sato can kind of understand each other without having to communicate too many things. Mm-hmm. And we saw that when, um, like, when Sato had slapped Yuko. Because they didn't really yes. say anything. They, they looked at each other and immediately they kind of understood each other. Mm-hmm. Which, that and this really does show how close they are. Slash were. Yeah. <laughs> Let's <laughs> yeah. take it a hit. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a lot of ways, they were both keeping secrets, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Yuko about how long she has left to live and also what her intentions were with mm-hmm. Maida. And now Sato with Torigoya. Yeah. And so they're definitely at odds at this point. And Sato's just like, I don't, I'm never going to let her have it. You know, I'm never going to give... Maida will not have my blessing to have this group, right? Mm-hmm. She will not have my blessing to lead. And she's like, I will be the one to protect Majijo. I will be the one to protect Rapapa and then walks away. And Yuko just lets her. She doesn't say anything, but she does kind of watch her leave. And the scene cuts away to a Torigoya, a normal mm-hmm. Torigoya uh, waking up like on a park bench, not knowing where she is. <laughs> I was like, I, rewatching that, I was like, uh, oh, that was really nice of Maida to put her on the bench because <laughs> she should have been on the floor. Yeah, technically. <laughs> But uh, she she looks up to see Maida like standing there, and Maida looks not good. No, um, no. Like they definitely like added like more makeup around her eyes to make they her look like They definitely put a lot darker. of eyeliner on her. Yeah, but it definitely like it helps enhance this kind of more feral looking Maida. Mm-hmm. And you just hear Torigoya scream as Maida just wails on her. Yeah, and this is the first time. Actually, I th- in like a physical fight in quotations that Maida was the one to provoke it, and she mm-hmm. aggressively attacks Torigoya. I mean, and what kind of sucks is that like this Torigoya, by in her confusion of why Maida's there, um, she doesn't know what happened. She she's not prepared. She oh, has no idea. Yeah. I mean, she could probably guess what happened, but mm-hmm. again, can you falter for what happened? Like, you know, like part of it is like that was the other Torigoya. This Torigoya has nothing to do with it so exactly. much. Exactly. Uh, but Maida doesn't know that. And Maida's and... fucking pissed. So I don't think even if she, I think even if she knew that, she wouldn't have cared. Yeah, probably. She's definitely not in the state of mind to care about or ask questions. Mm-hmm. She just leaves like. Torigoya like laying there on this bench and her hands are bloody like there's blood all over oh yeah it's like equivalent to like Geki <laughs> mhm it just shows how far how far Maida went right um, she just picks up her glasses yeah. 
and just walks away. And we see that Nezumi's actually been watching this whole scene silently and just is just laughing as mm-hmm. he just watches Maida just kind of zombie walk away. And it flashes to her talking to uh, the Yabakune boss in their like little hideout that they have mm-hmm. and telling them, hey, this is the perfect moment to strike. They're, it's like Rapapa's in bad shape because they don't have the queens anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. So you can go after that, or you go after them, or you could go after Maida because she hands them a picture of Maida, you know? Yeah, she does. I like how the boss grabs it with her, like, tweezers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so oh, funny man. to me. She's like, ugh, this is below me. I don't want to touch it. Uh, but, well, okay, like, so she, so the, ba- the boss has a picture of Maida. But then mm-hmm. she, like, immediately burns it, and I'm like, but what about everybody else? Like, how are they gonna know, like, know. who this is? Like, shouldn't you keep it as Listen, a reference? Listen, the Yabakune <laughs> students are not smart. <laughs> <laughs> They're here for the drama. They're not here to, <laughs> to actually true. use their brains. <laughs> um, yeah. So, it cuts to commercial as, you know, the picture is going up in flames. Mm-hmm. And we're back to poor Torigoya. Who is being who? Who is just waking up to seeing Sato looking down on her? And I have to make a and, comment. Uh, like yeah. Sato, I know you're trying to be comforting, but why is your hand on her thigh? Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> I notice it every time. I'm like, Sato, stop! Um, stop! But Tori Goya is like, oh Sato, I was no use after all. And the way that she said it is like so it's, heartbreaking. It's so sad. Like, she's just, like, very much, like, I'm sorry that I disappointed you. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know. Like, obviously, like, being the other self, like, she hates it. But for Sato, for her group, she's willing to be at discomfort to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, it's just very sad. And, and Sato just presses, like, her for, for her forehead to, to Tori Goya. Mm-hmm. And um, doesn't say anything. Just kind of holds her. Uh, and I feel like... Despite the manipulative way, which, you know, doesn't excuse Sato's behavior, but... Of course. That she does have sort of a soft spot for Tori Goya because, like, yeah. any other time that, like, the other queens have lost, Sato's just been mad at them. She hasn't been, like... Or she hasn't really even cared to, like, check in on them or, like, mm-hmm. not that we've ever seen. Yeah. But for Tori Goya, like, she definitely has somewhat of a soft spot. And I think a part of it, I mean... Yeah, she's got a soft spot for Torigoya, but I also think it's because Sato knows that this is her fault. Sato was forced right. Torigoya into this position, and now she got mm-hmm. the shit kicked out of her. You know? Yeah. And this one in particular is her fault. Right. And so we cut to Yabakune rousing themselves, getting ready to fight, uh, doing a battle cry. I love their stupid battle cry. It's so good. It's so good. <sighs> Uh, and we see Nezumi coming up the stairs and she's like, yeah, the, the final climax is, is pretty much here. Mm-hmm. And then we see Dharma and Maida just pass each other without seeing each other. Mm-hmm. And we cut back to, to Yabakune doing their uh, Yaba Yabakune it's so chant. God, I love it's it. really funny. It's, <laughs> it's fucking great, though. Yeah, and then it cuts back to Nezumi. This episode is just full of so many cuts. Just bam, bam, mm-hmm. bam, bam. bam. Um, but Nezumi is still walking down the street with her stupid smile on her face and she's like, have fun killing each other off and then starts laughing because of course she does. Yeah, she's a maniac. Yeah, she's a maniac. <laughs> and then we come back to Maida 
just walking up these stairs and Arena is following her. Uh, and she actually has like uh, that same picture that Maida has mm-hmm. of her with Minami. And she's stabbing it with like an ice pick or something. And, and I'm I, just like, I'm like, chill, girl. dude. I'm like, you need to go to therapy. Please just go to therapy um, and leave her alone. Yeah, this is just Jesus, Jesus. Christ. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't think the show has explained why Arena is angry towards Maida. No, right? we get we that haven't next touched episode. That. Okay, okay. Next episode, we will find out, you know, why that is, mm-hmm. and there's a reason for the for why she's acting that way. And I would even almost say it's valid, uh, but we will discuss yeah. that we'll next talk episode. About it next time. Um, and then we cut again to Sato kind of helping Tori going up the stairs and she looks like she has a very determined look mm-hmm. um, as we then cut to Yuko staring out the window and see her sort of briefly collapsing from her novella sickness <laughs> yeah because I mean we never learn what it is they no, don't explicitly we don't. say she just if gets it's cancer vague, or something she just gets vague symptoms and it's like yeah buddy you could have okay. at least been like you could have even made something up. Fuck. They have superpowers for fuck's sakes. They could have just been yeah. something. But no. No. Uh we just get whatever <laughs> the fuck this is. And then we come to this this last scene of this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's Midas dad and he he's come home from work. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm home, right? And we just see Mida like chopping cucumbers. Yeah, it looks and... like she's preparing dinner. Um, yeah. But I, I want to talk about this because usually, you know, in Japan, mm-hmm. they say okairi mm-hmm. to say welcome home. And this whole episode, that word has just been haunting Maida. Oh my god, yeah. And she oh. can't even say to her dad, welcome home. Oh, and I didn't even it's, think about that. Yeah, no, it's funny because I, I just realized this watching it for this for this podcast. And I was like, oh man. And like, you can actually see that Maida is crying like she can't even like mm-hmm. tell her father like you know hi welcome back like because it's just been such a shitty day mm-hmm. and i think that Maida's dad recognizes it's one of those days for her mm-hmm. where she is just not in a very good emotional state and so he you know he doesn't say anything mm-hmm. um but that's basically how we leave the episode with Maida crying in her cu- into her cucumbers um <laughs> Because she can't tell her dad, welcome home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. And then we get um, previews for the next episode. And there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot that's going on. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about the previews. I want to leave that for what we will be discussing. Okay. Next episode. Um, then I'll just leave it at, it's a lot. Trademark. It's a lot. <laughs> it, it's a lot. Um. A lot is going on. I mean, it is essentially we're reaching kind of the climax of this story mm-hmm. uh, as it is almost coming to an end. How many episodes? Let's see. We're on episode... We're on nine. So there's three nine, left. So three left. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're almost at the end. Amazing. <sighs> we're almost done with this podcast. Um, well, this At least one season, hopefully. I, was like... I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I thought... We I don't know the future, so... <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that was episode nine with Torigoya, the last of the queens. It's, and what an episode it is! It, it's very good. I, I mean, there's a lot happening, but it mm-hmm. it never feels like there's a second spent 
um, you know, like, we're wasted. Yes. And it's a very efficient episode. Yeah. Every second of it goes towards the whole narrative of the episode, Mm -hmm. which is so good. Thank God. Because we've had other episodes, like the one with Black and then the one with Tokoku, where it's, like, so much is going on. And it feels, like, too much. But this one, there's a lot going on, but all of it, like goes together really well right it all serves a purpose a narrative purpose uh-huh and since we didn't really have a fight so much this episode mm-hmm. um i'm just i just kind of want to rate the episode as a whole mm-hmm. and i definitely think it's pretty up there you know i'd give it ten thousand feathers you know <laughs> out of a ch- whatever chicken coop they have in the back over there yeah, I have a question. It's like, yeah. where is that chicken coop? Did they I really have it on don't campus? know. Did they break I into somebody's like backyard? <laughs> I don't know. It's does one of their families have it? I have yeah, no clue. I guess. I feel like it's part of oh, the school that would have been campus really... somewhere. Oh, I had that idea. I was what? like, oh, that would have been really fucked up if it was at Tortagoya's house. And that was her family one. And that one is the one where she got traumatized in. Not just a chicken coop. It's I the mean, chicken I, coop. But we don't know. I don't so, know. I know doubt it because it looks her. like it's in this like random alleyway. It doesn't really look like it takes place in a house of any kind. So I feel like it's more like at school or something. Well, then that theory know. of it being empty would make a lot more sense. Like, well, yeah, because if it's empty. like... Because if, yeah. if it's on campus, they're not going to have chickens. Mm-hmm. They probably would have been dead a long time ago, either from lack of care or the kids being stupid and probably using them as practice. Probably trying to eat them. Or eat them. <laughs> yeah, so let's, since we can't really talk about a fight because there wasn't really one, mm-hmm. um, we can talk about Torgoya's powers. Okay. Uh, I had so a meme. I had a meme prepared. And it was going oh to be God. black on one side, and it's that meme of the ki- the two kids, and one of them has the two hot dogs. It's like, geez, oh. Tonegoya, why does mom let you have three powers? Because surprise, she oh has three. God. She what? has three. She has three. I I wrote them down. They're all kind of like okay. they all kind of work together. Um, uh-huh. but it's three technically separate ones. One is teleportation. She uses the fe- like this That's is a part true. of my like idea with the chicken Uh powers that I ended up I guess developing in there is that um, in that version of Torigoya, she has two giant rings of feathers that she hangs from her hip. My very passing idea was that she uses them to use her powers. That's why we saw one on um, Unagi on her shoulder Mm -hmm. and then the feathers fall down when she teleports and she shows up there. Mm. That was my very brief idea about it. That's interesting. But yeah, yeah she, I, she teleports. I can definitely see it that. Yeah, she tele- She does teleport. I didn't really even think about that as a power, yeah, but you're right. It's, it um, is part of her power set. And in, I, a part of me goes was thinking back and forth is like, is it really teleportation or is she moving really fast? But then I think about Black, who her thing is super speed, but we see it. We mm-hmm. see her actually running around. But with Tonegoya, yeah. she's there, she's gone. She kind of just apparates. Yeah, so um, I'm like, she does yeah. teleport. Why do you have that power, too? Whatever. Um, How is that part of a chicken power? 
<laughs> doesn't I make any know. sense. It doesn't. Oh, I was I was actually really curious to see if she was based off of like some type of yokai. Um, like her powers were based off of it. I couldn't find anything. So the answer so far is mm. no. They kind of just gave her. Yeah, like, I don't know yeah. where Occupy pulled this out of his ass, but probably his own nightmares. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, oh. for for Tori Goya, and I want to say like Koji Maharuna, who plays Tori Goya, Koji Haru. Um, she did a really really good job. Like yeah, I I do. I want to give her props because mm-hmm. I think she, her performance of Tori Goya was pretty good. I know, a, um, I, but I part knew, of it. Mm-hmm. You first. No, sorry. Uh, but part of it, I think the reason that, like, she got this sort of chicken motif is because, like, like, Koji Haru does do this thing with her head where she, like, kind of cocks it to the side like a like a chicken would, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe that's where the idea stemmed from, as far as I can tell. That's funny. Um, uh, but I don't know. But yeah, I was going to mention, I know we're like, oh yeah, she did pretty good. But I know a lot of people... Um, I remember reading that a lot of people really didn't like her performance and that she wasn't very good at it. Now, but rewatching it, I was like, this was not her first entry into acting. I know they had done something with AKB before, mm-hmm. but I think this was the first time she got something a little bit definitely different. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I, th- you know, I agree. I think she actually did pretty good because it's a weird one to play. Uh, like, Geki's a little bit of a strange character to play just because Geki is so feral and chaotic. Mm-hmm. But Torigoya also, I would say, is feral, but in a very different way, you know. I don't know. I thought, I mean, re-watching, I always thought her performance was okay. I, I didn't ever have any mm-hmm. problems with it. I would, would actually like to hear why people wouldn't have liked it so much i think but the i think um the people that said that probably were the same people that didn't like midas performance <laughs> so oh i i don't know how much of a good opinion it is i mean it's yeah your i'm just wondering valid, because like... i'm wondering because like like for for someone like tori Guerra, she really didn't have a lot of lines mm-hmm. and like most of what she did was through her actions, right? Mm-hmm. And the very few words that she spoke. And, like, based on that, I thought she did a really good job. Yeah, I uh, think... But, again, that's just my personal bias. I, But I think that's probably part of the re- reason why it's the same kind of people. Because with Maida, for a lot of the episodes, she didn't talk a lot. A lot of her mm-hmm. acting was through her actions, you know? And all of her yeah. expressions are very minute. They're all... You can mm-hmm. see them all really through her eyes, but that's really it. Yeah, you do have to be paying attention and a lot to the of details. Didn't. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I mean, let I me mean, look at the show. It's like, why would you? Um, just we're us. just doing a podcast, <laughs> otherwise, you know. Yeah, it's just uh, us. It's just us. Um, but I, yeah, I, I guess I don't blame them for that opinion because I could mm-hmm. see that, you know, being something that. I mean, I kind of thought it too. Like, well, no, I actually liked Mida from the beginning, um, but I, I could see why people would say, oh, she's like stale and you know doesn't show off any emotion which mm-hmm. is as we've talked that's... throughout these past episodes that's not oh, true yeah. and i think the same applies here for tori goya mm-hmm. and partly is i think part of the reason too that people might not like her performance is because we don't know anything about her that's we fair are running off of nothing um yeah but for what this episode is i want to say that her her performance was mm-hmm. good for me 
on a personal bias. Okay, back to her powers. Back to her powers, yeah. Okay, and then so the next one I've listed is, like, it, um, we called it, like, putting people in a trance. My literal Mm -hmm. term for it is inducing psychosis. Because psychosis is literally, you're just in such a state of mind where you're not in touch with reality. So either you're hallucinating visually or auditory. And I think it's both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um... Causing hallucinations is one thing, but I think inducing psychosis is probably a more accurate way to say it. Um, yeah, I think which so, Which is too. super fucked up, but mm-hmm. that's what we got. And then the last one's the one we talked about a little bit, where she could read people's memories. And what I really didn't notice until this time around was with Minami's bracelet. Was that even though mm-hmm. Minami's dead, she was able to read those memories off of the bracelet. Yeah, I mean, I would think it's but it's it was, like that thing mm-hmm. where like people say, oh, like certain objects hold memories despite that person being alive or dead. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what's being applied here is that Minami, one, was wearing that during when she died. So not only does it have strong emotions attached to it mm-hmm. for Minami, it has strong emotions attached to it for Maida. But yeah, so I mean, it just from that to the Kadama with Sato... Uh, it just, you know, her powers are also to read personal items and can she can read them and have see memories from them and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which is really interesting. So, like, my joke, <laughs> she's got three. Yeah. And, I mean, I kind of appreciate that she's had that, she has that many because she is actually fairly physically weak. It kind of balances mm-hmm. her out a little bit. She's kind of like, a, if you think about it in, like, fantasy terms, she's like a mage, right? Like, she yes. has all these spells mm-hmm. but if but you hit her one time she's physically out. yeah essentially <laughs> um she's so i actually like that there's sort of this counter balance mm-hmm. and she actually doesn't feel like overpowered because her powers are a specific subset of things that yeah. can only do specific things you know she's not actually overpowered in any way mm-hmm. she's just dangerous uh in certain situations uh-huh but she doesn't feel like overpowered in any way and I actually really appreciate I yeah. appreciate that. And also, um it makes me really appreciate how this Rapapa is built. They're so different from each other. Mm-hmm. Where um Maji two besides like one character, to me, even though we knew these characters beforehand, when we see them mm-hmm. fight, to me it feels a lot of very similar stuff. You know? Yeah. No one has a gimmick anymore. <laughs> Except well, I mean, the one, I, I one would character. Disagree with that. I would disagree with that. But their gimmicks aren't like for fighting. If anything, they're just to like differentiate their characters. Not necessarily anything that includes their style. That's true. Although one of them actually technically does. It's the uh, although I don't think Gakuren actually uses it in season two. Now that I think about it, the the whole twisting of the fist punch thing. Yeah. That I think their they speed. do. I think I, they do at do one they? point. Yeah. Because I hmm, maybe I'm just remembering wrong. Because I know or maybe that I'm remembering thing, wrong. I don't know. Uh, what I remember is that their thing in Maji Two is like more kicking, or maybe it's not. But I very specifically <sighs> I don't know. remember. I, I don't remember shoes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I uh, I have we'll no get idea. There. It's been a really long time since I watched Maji Two, so. Um, 
Um, but yeah, so like you were saying, like this wrap up is very varied. It it's very it's almost like they they each have a specific you know skill mm-hmm. set and like together they form a very powerful unit. Mm-hmm. And they're all, um, especially the queens, they're all there for a reason. Like, right. With Shibuya, if she's not as strong as let's say Black or Gekikata, you know, she's the eyes and ears of the group because she has her gal mm-hmm. group that are in other schools and that kind of thing. So she's able to mm-hmm. give us, give Rapapa information and that kind of thing. Um, and I guess Torigoyo's real purpose of being in Rapapa was so Yuko could keep an eye on her. So she I didn't, think so too, yeah. you know, become this Torigoya again and just start wreaking havoc on the school. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, keep your... I, I wouldn't call her an enemy, but in this no. you know scenario, it's just like to keep her close and keep an eye on her is probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if, you know, Yuko just let her loose, like who knows what would trigger Torigoya to change, you know, in, the, in exactly. that certain way. So, yeah, I guess you're right that Torigoya, more than anything, is it's kind of meant to be kept safe mm-hmm. and they're sort of protecting other people from Torigoya. But also kind of Torigoya from herself. Right. It, it works both ways. Yeah. It was probably originally to save everyone else, but then they were like, oh, actually, we like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Uh, that being said, I mean, obviously we don't know the origins of her powers. God. We can make something up but it that, won't be canon i think that's a part of the reason why i actually really like Torigoya. like i have Torigoya really high up in my list of favorites because i could do whatever the fuck i want with her uh, people would disagree with that because they would say she's my least favorite because i don't know anything about her yeah but that's just me as a person because i am a creative person at heart and so i sit there and point and i'm like how do i make you make sense <laughs> like with black suit like, I tried to figure out, like, how Black's powers would work. I actually, in watching it, that's how I kind of came up with the chicken power idea with Torigoya. I actually didn't have that before this, but now I've kind of got one. Um, But, like I said, with Black, I my thing was, I want to come up with a reason why you're the way you are. And so with Torigoya, where I know nothing, to me, as just me as a person, I like that. Because then I can just put in whatever I want not canon and mm-hmm. i don't care <laughs> no one likes Torigoya anyways so the it's opposite. Fine. i mean i like Torigoya as a character because i see the potential in her but i don't like that we don't know anything i don't like that we i mean i would obviously comment throughout uh-huh. you know i just comment throughout maji as a universe but that we mm-hmm. there's like these vital pieces about the world that are missing and it bothers oh, yeah. me it like bugs me so much because I'm like, mm-hmm. this is kind of important to know. Like, why does the world function this way? Why do people aren't like? Why are people not more scared about people with powers like Black or Tori Goya or you know, like things like that? Like, why is it considered normal? What you know, is there something about the world that makes it so? And like, we never get an explanation about it. Yeah, they just when exist. it when it comes to like world building things like that, I I'm in the same boat as you. We definitely need more information than what we got. But I think with Torigoya as a particular character, um, with characters individually, that's where I'm more like, I could do whatever. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I 
like her as a character. I like I like this episode because it like it's, yeah. like we said it fills a narrative purpose. Um and it it always feels engaging and I've mm-hmm. never I never felt like lost necessarily in terms of like my interest lost mm-hmm. in this episode. I felt lost when they were kept switching back and forth, but yeah. it never it all it, it was always with a purpose. Yeah. Um, and I would and like I to like that. um to piggy off your idea of it like keeping our attention. I mm-hmm. for some reason when writing the notes for this one and even even just for recording this, this episode went by so fucking fast. And even we still even kind of like stopped and talked about things, but it went by so quickly. And I guess that's just how like into it we are, how engaged we are with the episode, you know. Yeah, there's there's so much about this episode that just keeps you it makes you keep going because mm-hmm. like there's so many things happening. But not in a way that's jarring. It's all kind mm-hmm. of flowing together. So it, yeah, it's one of those episodes where it's just like boom, 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 boom. But it it's coalescing together to flesh out the narrative. Yeah. And part of it too is because we're learning more about Maida's own trauma. Because mm-hmm. we've only ever gotten like certain details about it. Um, I think this is like the is this the first time we actually see like Minami getting beat up? Yes. I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. So this is the first time we actually see like okay, like, we know Minami died. How did she die? And this mm-hmm. episode explains that sort of. We don't know why she was attacked, but we know this is how she met her end. Mm-hmm. And that uh, might have blamed got... herself for it, essentially. Yeah, essentially. Okay, well, I think... Yeah, it, f- it feels weird because there's no fight to, like, grade or talk yeah. about. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't make this episode any less interesting no, um, because oh, there's so many other not. factors happening. Mm-hmm. Most of them are not physical. It's definitely a deep dive into the mental. I think that was a part of the reason back on to my statement of I was afraid of it the first time I watched mm-hmm. it is because with people like Gekikara where it's now that we've rewatched it, not completely just physical, but a lot of it is physical violence. This one's a right. lot of psychological violence. And that's scary to me. Yeah, I know. I think, you know, people, if you can underestimate Tori Goya, but in the state that she's in, she's very dangerous, very mm-hmm. powerful. Um, so much that even Yuko has some fear of it. Oh, yeah. And Yuko's supposed to be the strongest of them all. But it's, I like that the season took the time to have an episode dedicated to psychological violence. Yeah, me too. Because I don't, I feel like. It doesn't... No other season does that, right? No, I don't think so. Not to this extent. Oh, in, definitely. In a way, I think. Oh, definitely not. Which, once again, could have been something really cool for Mod G3, but we'll talk about it. If yeah. we get to that season, um, we'll talk about it. Well, yeah, that season's a whole other thing. Um, I actually can't wait till we dive into that one. God, because me too. A lot of people, I will say now, hated that season. I actually really love that season. Um, obviously, there's things I don't like, but mm-hmm. uh, there's certain qualities about that season that I loved. Uh, but again, I, this episode was great. I loved it. I love that we went, we dug deeper into this, into a little bit of Maida's trauma, a little bit between the conflict of mm-hmm. power, essentially, between Sato and Yuko and the betrayal of trust. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um 
I definitely think that this is one of my favorite episodes, if not one of the best episodes of the season. Um, other than the fact that the nurse is in it, but if we forget he's there, <laughs> it's definitely one of the best, in my opinion. Up there Any, anything else you wanted six. to talk about? Um, I would like to mention that there's no, there's no Maji counter actually at all in this episode. Yeah. No one said, Maji. Um, said anything Maji related that wasn't the school. Which is very fitting, because it's like, they don't really get into this fight at all. And also isn't necessary, because the whole thing is just Midas getting triggered, the, the episode. Uh, yeah, it's... This is definitely one of those oddball episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in a bad way. No, uh, definitely, oh, definitely not. Different. I, I actually really like that it kind of took this sort of change of pace. Mm-hmm. Um... As I feel everything like, else starts to ramp up. I feel like it's definitely was necessary because it was mm-hmm. like last episode was just so much fighting. <laughs> there was so much yeah. violence going on. Um, to have this episode where there isn't really a lot of fighting physically going on, I mm-hmm. think it was a night. It was a good decision to have. Right. I agree. Uh, okay. Well, if that's, that's it, it. Uh, where can we find you, Elle? Uh, you can find me at almightyuna.tumblr.com and also almightyuna at twitter.com. I said did you, <laughs> last two episodes. Did you post the art? I, I no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to get into that. No, I didn't. Um, yeah, I was going to. And I've actually gotten pretty far in that piece. I... For me as an artist, line art is the worst thing on the face of the planet. But I got through it. I finished it. And I got all the flat colors done. I just need to, like, do everything else. Mm. So maybe by the time... We have a lot of time if we don't record before you leave for Japan anyways. So maybe by the time the next Mm -hmm. episode comes out, I'll actually get on my ass and do it. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Uh, You can... Yeah. What Um, about you? You can can find me... Uh, on Majidayo, uh, twitter.com and uh, Suspicious Warrior Honmayan on Tumblr. And I'm working on something for this, I guess, it, I, for this podcast, sort of, but like also Maji related. Mm-hmm. It's been slow going, but it's kind of in the works. Um, nothing like art fancy or anything like that, as I'm more of an audio based creative. It's still, it's still um, art, it's fine. It's it, yeah, but I am working on something. Hopefully, I can finish it up mm-hmm. uh, sometime within the next two to three months. I know that's like a long wait, but I okay. work slow. <laughs> um, We're busy. Yeah, and people. then <laughs> so. yeah, that's also truth. Um, and like I said, I'll be going on a trip and to Japan. I don't think I even mentioned that at the beginning, but I will be going to Japan at the end of this month. So I'm excited for that, and. We'll probably be taking a hiatus on Again. that, like a month hiatus, possibly. Again, Again I apologize. <laughs> I know. Oh. We're the worst. But hopefully, you know, we'll come back eventually and do another podcast uh, for the next episode. I'm, I really want to try finishing this season, but it's we have not to. possible with our schedules. Um, you at least got to finish No, this I, I meant before I left. Oh. I meant before I oh, left. Oh, yeah, but... no. I don't think it's gonna happen. No, it's not possible. I if do I didn't have a midterm, season. maybe. But I have a midterm on my birthday, so 
Uh, Rip. Um, yeah, so unfortunately I have to wait till April until the next episode. I would say uh, somewhere between the middle of April to the end of the month. I know it's like two months. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. But yeah, so if anything, we'll try to keep maybe some updates on that if we can, L on the Twitter yeah. account. Um, oh yeah, speaking you can of follow our Twitter it. account. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue there. <laughs> oh man. Um, you can follow us on uh, Majidayo the podcast at twitter.com. And you can actually send us any questions you have, any topics you want us to discuss at our Gmail account, uh, Majidayo the podcast at gmail.com, if I'm correct. Yeah, or so. you can send. Is it? Is it? Is that it? I can't even remember. Yes, now. it is. Um, you are correct. Yeah, okay. <laughs> It's been a while. Or you can send us you can send us a question maybe on Twitter if you want. Mm-hmm. Um or even on our Tumblr, so I don't check it as often, so uh, uh, might I might have would more of a delayed response. I would suggest going to my Twitter if you have questions, because I'm gonna tell you now you're not gonna be able to reach me on Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, you can send us questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um you can send it to the Majidayo the podcast Twitter if you have questions yeah. about things if you want. If there's things you want us to talk about, if there are topics that you're like, hey, you didn't talk about this, or mm-hmm. I want to know your thoughts about something else, um, feel free. Like, we're open to that. Um, and like we said, we will have bonus episodes with certain topics mm-hmm. uh, concerning, like, world building and other things that we don't really discuss as much to, or the length that we want to about this series. <laughs> we could go on forever. <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. But um, we just usually try to not do too much because we have to get through this episode um but yeah so feel free don't be shy um we're open to discussing things for the most part um but other than that uh, i think that's it right l yeah i think so all right awesome thank you guys for listening have a maji day (laughs)